sake. Hi there and welcome back to the uh, FFS podcast. I'm your host Pradi once again and welcome to episode number 9. Now before all of that uh I I don't know how to say this but I wish this was a slight video podcast because I wanted to put up the image of Moriarty saying did you miss me and that's because yeah we took like a one week break or sabbatical so so did you miss us I hope so uh but here we are nonetheless with another banging podcast episode and a topic that you know I probably wanted to cover last week week but yeah due to scheduling conflicts and scheduling issues we kind of pushed it to this week but I'm glad we could do it nonetheless and so what we're going to be talking about this week is the postponement of the under 17 FIFA Women's World Cup which is supposed to be held in India um and that's where i'm from and that's where all my guests are from and so that was supposed to be quite a momentous occasion but unfortunately due to uh the circumstances that be that's been now that's now been cancelled and been postponed to 2022 um or cancelled and the next event will be in 2022 and india will continue to be as host which is still some sort of something to salvage at least so joining me on this podcast are three guests who i mean actually two of them who haven't been on the podcast before one who has so um and we'll start off with introductions first and we'll probably go in alphabetic order so we'll start off with Kimberly Kimberly would you like to tell us a bit about yourself hi um firstly thanks for having me i mean it was long overdue i think um but i i'm like you said i'm Kimberly Fernandez i am an entrepreneur and i also play football for the state of maharashtra um for the senior women's team um and i and i played a lot of sports um for most part of my life and eventually decided to get back into working into sport and hopefully making a difference in this creating change and being the change i want to see so that's what i'm currently doing um so i'm very happy to be here and discuss this very interesting topic that we have to discuss today awesome yeah uh and which is the other what was the pre- i mean because you said it was long overdue you you was actually uh supposed to come or be a guest on the previous podcast on women's football and that was on what was it on uh mithila can you help me out here oh yeah that that was uh do you remember when uh gurdeep singh sandhu had those yes sketches yeah, sketches yeah, yeah. yeah. yes exactly oh i have such a bad memory such times uh but yes so that was that was what she was referring to and also i uh, kimberly congrats on being part of the 30 uh, young sports maker i think list if if that's what so it's that's called right. yeah thank you yeah. i mean i i only got a got i i was intimated about it yesterday so it's really exciting to be part of it um It's part of the global sports week that happens in Paris and is scheduled to be held in February next year. So exciting times! Awesome. All right. And next time we move on to Mithila, who's basically our resident women football expert on this, on this <laughs> podcast. So, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that might be like a little extension of this. So, uh, thank you, Kadiman, for having me here. It's been awesome doing this podcast with you. Um, I love that you know. So uh, in your entire channel, I love that you focus 
completely on the Premier League, and then every time there's something controversial in India, you you you, you text me saying, "Hey, Vithla, can we do a podcast on this?" <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I, I'm the. It's kind of like either Premier League or India has like the biggest controversial topics. I'm like, I tried to do La Liga and Serie, but those are kind of the most like I won't say dimmed, but it's like the slowest news. Leagues in terms, I mean, in terms of leagues, yeah. like the slowest leagues, not the most controversial. Obviously, yes, certain leagues there at certain <laughs> times there it does happen. But yeah, more often than not, I do, I do understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, All right. Cool. So thank you for having me. Uh, hey guys, I'm Mitla, and uh, first off, I'm a huge fan of the sport. Uh, I'm a footballer from Chennai, and I'm currently working slash playing slash residing in Bangalore right now. I moved to Bangalore last year and have been here pretty much since. And you know, I work with a company called Sisters in Sweat. Uh, yeah, I and I work on operations over there. So it's been an awesome journey because I do want to pursue my masters in sport management one day. So um, yeah, apart from that, I love watching football and just being connected to it overall. Awesome. And lastly, we've got Radha, who's another newbie to the FFS podcast. So Radha, would you like to give us a brief introduction of yourself? Yeah, for sure. Firstly, thank you for having me on. It's a bit hard to follow the previous two introductions. But um, I'm Radha. I'm 20 years old. So I'm still a student. I'm studying at Ashoka University. And I've been playing football for, I think, maybe 10 or 11 years now. Uh, strangely enough, I didn't watch it quite often uh, when I was younger, but I've gotten into it maybe, let's say, just three, four years ago, and it actually started off with the U.S. Women's National Team, and I've been following women's football way more closely than I have the men's side of things, and in a way, like, I enjoy that part too. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, it's going to be a fun conversation, and it's nice to always create content about the women's game, because I think that's really one way and how we can improve it. Definitely, and I mean, it's, it's, I I don't know how Mithla and Kimberly got into football, but I've always I I mean, it's it's new to me that you were first introduced because of the women's game. More often than not, I mean, children or even girls, boys, everyone kind of gets introduced first to the men's game because that's the most uh, widely uh, televised event in the world. And then you obviously, or even because of your parents and all of that, but. That's the first time I've actually heard you heard someone say that they've introduced the game because of the women's game. And that's nice to hear because that obviously shows also how popular it's becoming. Uh, and like you said, in the past three, four years only that it's starting to grow and starting to evolve and starting to get people's attention. Yeah, I'm quite proud of it. In fact, that I, I actually started watching the women's game before the men's game. And I still follow it uh, much more than I do the men's side of things. But it's exciting. It's uh, it's very, very, like the momentum is continuing and it's growing rapidly. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Awesome. All right, guys. So that's done with introductions. And thank you all for telling, telling us all a bit about yourself. Uh, so let's start off with discussing the topic at hand. And that is the postponement, postponement of the Under-17 World, Women's World Cup. What did you all think of that decision to cancel the event? And I keep saying postponement, but it's actually... A cancellation of this particular year's World Cup and obviously having it when it was supposed to be next, which is 2022. So what did you make of the decision? Did you feel that in light of what's been going on around the world that, yeah, it made sense? Or do you feel that given that events are happening across the world, sporting events are happening across the world and in some cases even with fans and in places which 
have a relatively similar sort of ca- uh, case ratio or number of cases as india do you think that it was probably a little too a decision that was made a little too in haste so let me ask each one of you so uh, kimberly let's start off with you what did you make of that decision um to me i i see it in two lights one positively one negatively um the so firstly the postponement coming uh, specifically for the under 17 women's world cup um i i don't understand it fully because there are i mean the isl is being played here in india so i don't quite get the reason um but if you look at it from the point of view of fifa wanting to develop the game entirely then it makes sense to me because because uh, they want to make and and i'm sure we all want to make uh, the most use of this situation where we're hosting a, a women's world cup because it's a big deal and obviously having to do it in a lockdown isn't going to generate too much of or probably wouldn't have generated too much of interest around it or as much as they'd like and so maybe that's why they wanted to um push it so entirely having to cancel it and then um, move it to 2021 because as we all know they were supposed to have it early next year and that didn't happen um but having cancelled it now negatively impacts the girls in the squad because then they're going to miss out um and so yeah there's a whole lot of argument and pros and cons to that i think yeah i, I think there are two key aspects which we will definitely touch upon a little while later one is the fact that you mentioned the isl that is happening in in india and there are you know arguments that can be made for the fact that it could have been done or it couldn't have been done uh, and the second one is definitely you know certain players missing out because of the age criteria and which i also kind of put out a statement on twitter when this was announced and we'll get to that a little while later but uh yeah i i think in terms of getting the most i mean fifa does want the most out of everything right and and i mean the most in terms of money uh, and that comes by spectators going to the stadium getting the attention and all of that and even for for us we want the sport to be recognized more women's sport that is and so it did make sense that wait until fans are allowed back in stadium because if you were to televise this only online like you said i don't know how much of a reach it would have gotten sure i mean the few few would have definitely watched it but it's essentially competing with the likes of isl premier league la liga and all the men's sports and every and even not football so because all of it is online right now at, at present unless in certain countries they might allow fans but so it did make it did make sense in a way to kind of wait for the fans to arrive into the stadiums yeah definitely i mean i would have to agree and because i'm quite closely connected with fifa and the work they do through the fan movement um they are privy to a lot of that insight um and and that's why i get why they probably made that decision because if we were to develop it and this is a great opportunity to use to develop the women's game in india um it seems like the best way to go about it because now it doesn't know it gives us more time first of all to build up to the event to build up well enough to the event and then also to use this time to develop the grassroots side of the women's game in india um because previously we had 
I mean, it came as quite a shock to hear that we were hosting it because we barely had any time, and we weren't having too many grassroots tournaments already anyway. So, um, this two years should should have. I mean, it it seems like a blessing in disguise in a way because we can use it to then develop and have more tournaments and already tap the potential of grassroots football um, for women in India. Right, I, I know. I know, Mithila. You, you, and I have had this conversation about grassroots. I think through our previous podcast so many times. But what did you make of this this decision? And uh, do you agree with what Kimberly had, has had to say? Yeah, um, pretty much. Actually, that kind of sums up everything, though. Because uh, if you look at the negative side of this, it's definitely going to be the current squad. Because I mean, if I was in that team, I would be so bummed out. I mean. Think about it. You just basically got selected to play in a World Cup, and now you're just going to be too old for it. So I mean, for those girls, it's honestly a huge loss. I would be really, really sad. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's still uh, for like Kimberly said, like for the betterment of the sport in itself. So um, yeah, I, I mean, right now it is definitely. I'm, I mean, let's let's be honest, okay? Like we're not going to be able to compete. In terms of viewership rights, with with the likes of like ISL, it's 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 so hard to like actually sit and keep a track of all of these things without having that in stadium experience. And I think for a, a large event like a World Cup, you will definitely want that. And I think one more thing that I actually thought of was so when the under seventeen men's World Cup happened in our country. It sort of served like a catapult for a lot of these youth tournaments to take place, especially with the I League, youth I Leagues starting up in our country, like all the way from under 13s, under 15s, under 18s, etc. So I think that's sort of what AIFF is aiming at right now as well, uh, even in our country. Hopefully, carry over the momentum of the FIFA Under 17 Women's World Cup and have more junior leagues because. I mean, yeah, we do have an IWL grade, but it's, I mean, it's for 22 days. It's almost just a month and it's not really a league experience. So, uh, for small things like that, which could potentially build the sport, I feel like this is the right step. But, I mean, my heart goes out to that team, honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I guess I know what you're saying. Uh, and next, rather, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, Mithila pretty much touched upon what I wanted to say is that if we just take a step back and look at this from the outside, FIFA trusted India to host the 2017 Under-17 Men's World Cup, right? And it was a success. We did really well. And you see, three years later, we put in a bid and we got that hosting rights again for the women's side of things. So in a way, it's really exciting to see India, who has not too much of history with the World Cups, actually hosting two World Cups back to back and FIFA putting confidence in India. And I, I think it's important. I mean, uh, uh, you know, agreed there are two sides of things, but it's important for India to do justice to the tournament just for the long run, just because there are 16 teams in this tournament, one being India, there are 15 contingents coming in from outside. And um, we, we can't really mess this up. We can't do a shoddy job of things. And I feel like in the middle of a pandemic where things are uncertain, people don't know how to respond to it. It would have been hard to sort of conduct this successfully and extract the amount of momentum that we could have as Mithila mentioned so I think you know the two cancellations one being from 2020 cancelled to 21 and now 21 cancelled to 22 
the first cancellation i completely understand um they even kept the, the eligible el- eligibility criteria the same so that was good news but uh, the second cancellation 2021 to 22 that's that's a bit of a bummer i feel because um with things coming back i think more investment was needed in the women's game uh, and if there was that investment we could have successfully done it in 2021 right and the the fact that you mentioned about the eligibility criteria is something that i i that's the statement i'd put on twitter which is i i thought maybe fifa could have been a little more con- compassionate or consider i know it's kind of uh say asking the devil to be kind and that's kind of stupid but uh yeah i thought i thought they probably missed a trick there it was a good thing that they they did keep india as the host for 2022 but i think they missed out a trick by keeping the probably the eligibility criteria they said though again you can look at it that there are pros and cons to every decision that fifa has done and i think the the benefit yeah well, would have been the players who missed out would have been able to play but the con would have been the players who were probably emerging and the, like Kimberly and Mitla all mentioned from the grassroots level who could have probably you know maybe better or could have developed over that time. They'd have to wait for another I think what two years or so three two, three years how 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 often does it happen? Uh, I think it happens every two years. Yeah. Two years. Okay. All right. So yeah, uh, yes. Sorry, but to add to that, I mean, I think the pros of doing that outweigh the cons. For example, if they had to like um not like you know. allow the players who were to play this world cup anyway play the one in 2022 like he rightly said all the players coming up into that age group then would miss out right and these girls who yeah it sucks to be in their position definitely like i know uh, i know a couple of girls who are from bombay and who i play with who were in that squad and i would not want to be them right now because it sucks to be in that position but it has opened up so many more opportunities for them with the with them going into the under 20 squad and with the AIFF then creating a pathway for them so i mean that's on the good side of things right uh, all right so before we get into the eligibility criteria and you know the what impact it this cancellation would have on the indian squad and all squads in general we're not just saying that only the indian squad people are over that certain age will not play that that holds true for all uh, other countries as well i, I want to know what you guys thought would I mean, what were the alternatives had they not cancelled one i suppose i don't know how comfortable people would have been to allow it in february and we had this discussion that uh, you know if it was online then maybe you know you'd miss out on the key you know key aspect of this which is to you know showcase and develop the women's game in india uh, and even again the women's game in general as well i think kimberly you mentioned the isl uh, because the isl has been played uh, in india despite whatever's been happening it, could that have been done for the women's world cup where they all land into one city uh, and then you know once particular city hosts all of the matches or do you feel like you know it's possible in a city where you have multiple Stadium like in Goa. So if they were to go again to Goa, I think that'll be too much. Given the ISL and the World Cup also happening at the same time, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. So was that something that could have been done? Is something feasible? I I mean I definitely think it's something that could have been done because the ISL will finish early next year, I believe, right? Um, 
Um, and yeah, you're, you're more clueless. I mean, you're as clueless as I am about the ISL. I have no. <laughs> I I do follow the ISL, but I'm just not sure what the timelines are because of the bio bubble right now. Um, but I, I'm sure even if they were to, they've already pushed it to February. They could have all, you know, adjusted it and around the ISL uh, if if that was a possibility. Um, so if you're looking at it in just that light. There definitely could have been a way for them to do it, but like Mithila rightly said, we'd have lost out significantly on the reason for you know on, on like basically the main aim for India to host it. So the main aim for India to host it is to because we want to develop women's football, right? And if we were to do it in a bio bubble where no um, spectators are allowed. I doubt it would have had the same impact as a normal World Cup should have. Okay, and uh, Mithila, what would um, were there any alternatives to this? Or okay, let me ask you separately. So, the IPL, for example, had teams coming from different or players and everyone coming from different cities around the world, but they def- decided to host it in a different country, which is the UAE. Yes, it would have been a blow to the to India. Uh, for not being the host, uh, given that they were the host, and then t- taking that uh, right away from them. But if you if they had moved it to a country, say like New Zealand or some place where you know fans are allowed in the stadium, or Australia also, where fans are actually allowed in the stadium, do you think? Uh, I mean, were you surprised that that wasn't done as an alternative? Um, no, I mean I, I don't agree with that though, because I think the fact that India. I mean, won the bid for the um, World Cup itself was a huge deal. So I think letting it go again would be a bad decision to make. Um, and it clearly will not have the same impact. Also, I really don't think um, such a huge move was financially feasible on any terms. Uh, but I do believe that, I mean, let's say for the, even for the ISL, uh, they had to go through a lot to, you know, actually set up the bio bubble in Goa, have all the players come out of there. It's only now that um, COVID's at least reducing a little bit. I mean, right now people are being a little lax about it. It's just that uh, when it comes, what we're also forgetting is that there are other countries which have not conducted their qualifiers yet, uh, which is also one of the reasons why. Uh, FIFA decided to postpone uh, because it wasn't just about India, just just the host countries. Of course, the pandemic in India being so vast was an issue, but a lot of countries did not have their uh, World Cup qualifiers yet. And at an under-17 category, that was uh, not of priority for FIFA. So, I mean, that is also another reason why it had to be postponed. So, I don't think, I think uh, yeah, like the whole, I think when you switch venues in a desperate attempt to just conduct a tournament, you sort of take away from why you're doing it in the first place. So, I mean, I'm all for the postponement. At the same time, I just, I just hope the girls in the squad are doing okay right now. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the African nations, uh, I think they had the last bit of rounds to be conducted before they they qualified for the World Cup. If I'm not mistaken, I think I had a look at it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess there there's still some more steps to be done before the end. All the teams were ready. 
And I guess because that wasn't done, it didn't make sense to completely change. I, I, I agree. I mean, I was just looking at it as what were the other alternatives. Um, but, and rather, what, what would you, I mean, do you think there were any alternatives at all to this, uh, to not canceling the tournament as a whole? Because other countries, fine, for some countries who haven't finished their qualifiers, I guess it also feels like, I, I, I'm not sure on this, but they do have to do the qualifiers again to qualify again for 2022. I don't think all the teams that have qualified for this year are the same teams that are going to be, going to be played for in 2022. So it feels like any Minnow team that has made it, they feel probably hard done by it. And so, you know, did, I, I don't know. Did, what did, what do you think? Do you think that there should have been an alternative made to postponing this or? I guess tough luck to any team that probably made it and now has to qualify again. Yeah, look, I mean, it's a bit of a stalemate situation. You know, there is there's Africa, South America and North America who haven't done their qualifiers yet. And you rightly said that, you know, two years down the line, they're going to have different squads lining up on the field. And um, it, it's, you know, again, if you shift it to a different country, India is solely in the World Cup because they're hosts. Uh, we haven't qualified for any of the previous, I think, six or seven editions of this World Cup. So that again, you know, what, then will India play there? Will they not? Will the host country put their team in? There's a lot of variables that um, I think can't be ticked off in time or can't be justified in time. And I also, I, it is going to sound a bit preachy, but I just think that this this could have been solved with investment uh, and not just investment like suddenly pouring in money, but maybe three, four years ago, if we had built up our sort of foundation for the women's side of things, I think. Just prioritizing the women, I mean, if you prioritize a FIFA Women's World Cup over an ISL just for one year, you, you can just see what impact it's going to make for the future 50 years um, of the girls coming in through the grassroots, watching their team on TV. I think it's going to be massive. So I think uh, they just missed out in terms of investment. And I mean, that seems to be a recurring theme uh, across the world for the women's side of things. And I'm just hoping that changes over time because... Um, you know, women's football has a lot of potential and I think uh, that could have really done with some good investment in prioritization. I think it's always, um, when we talk about the women's game, it, there's always that chicken and egg situation because it's like, you if do I invest now and then hope that I get the returns in a few years or do I wait for, you know, the women's game to get popular and then make the investment? I suppose, I guess that's what you're alluding to. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, uh, and I believe I've watched the women's game for three, four years now. It's very evident that you invest in the women and you will get results. I mean, if you take Manchester United, for example, they didn't have a women's club until, um, sorry, women's team until maybe two years ago. And today they're on top of the WSL table. So US, you know, the US women's national team, like how much ever you invest in the women, they're going to give back and you have sponsors coming on board. You see that there's just such a hidden market there that it's, you know, it's, Ridiculous, I think, to say, uh, let me wait for the women to do well and then I'll put money behind them. I mean, that's not how it works for the men. You obviously gave them facilities and good pitches and then they deliver. So I think, uh, in my opinion, it's very straightforward that you should just have good investment for all your teams, be it junior, elite, boys, women, anything. And just um, that's the way to go forward. All right. Okay. Uh, and. I guess you spoke about, I mean, India did qualify for the World Cup because they were the host. What implications does this have on the squad? I know we've, we've talked about eligibility criteria and all of that. So did you actually, what, what were India's chances in this World Cup? Did you feel that we had a good shot at at least going to a decent position, 
uh, I don't know, knockouts or something like that? Or, yeah, or do you feel that we'll have a better position come 2022 given the talent? And because I asked you because you've probably been, so at least Timbali and Mithla, you've been associated with the, you know, with the, with Indian football as players and all that. And you probably have seen people around your age or even younger kind of develop over time. So what, what were the chances of India for this particular World Cup? And given that now that it's cancelled, do you feel that given that two years more of development that India could stand a better chance come 2022? Uh, yeah, anyone who wants to take this thing, go ahead. Um, I just wanted to like, I mean, taking off from what you said, I watched the Indian team play the, they had this three World Cup little tournament here in, in, in Bombay where the Swedish team was here and I think it was Thailand that was here, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they did like a three way tournament. Honestly, if I were to comment just based on that, Sweden was so, like they were far superior to what we were playing. Um, but the level of play that I saw the Indian under 17 women, um, showcase was so much better than just what I've been watching otherwise, right? So in comparison to what is happening around the world, we have a long way to go. In India, the girls that were playing were doing a fabulous job. Um, so the two additional years are definitely only going to help improve, um, the level of play because right now, Having this as a roadmap, we know that we have to be at that level to perform. And if I may even compare it to the FIFA Under-17 Men's World Cup, because I watched a few of those matches as working for the tournament for the uh, Navi Mumbai one. Um, I think the women can definitely perform better, if I may say that, than the men's team. You wouldn't yeah. be the first. You wouldn't be the first yeah. to say that on this podcast. I think <laughs> you're definitely not the first to say that on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to compare the women to the men. They shouldn't be compared because it's two, it's it's two different aspects. Um, the women are brilliant in what they do, um, and and I think the standings say it all as well for us. But but uh, just to to add to what you said, the the two years are definitely just going to help improve the level of play. Um, and so I think we should use it to the best of our advantage. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that though. Like, because with respect to, I mean, those matches were screened and they even had a, a league before with four teams um, for the under-17 pool. And I mean, they are, there is obviously a lot of scope for improvement. India as a developing country in the sport. I mean, we have a lot to look forward to. But then again, this could be like one of the most positive steps and probably a completely new squad uh, revamped. Of course, it's a lot of work, but I think that if that happens, then they'll be given a better platform and they can even, they'll know exactly where to improve. And uh, because we, we've sort of tasted the international waters a little bit, we've sort of seen how they are. So I think the coaches will also obviously have a lot more to go on. Um, so, yeah, also another thing that I genuinely did think of was, so the girls were coming out of the current squad uh, from the Under-17 World Cup will definitely have another opportunity in the AFC 
you know form plays a big role in football and you'll know it as players right one one year you'll have the most amazing form and you'll be scoring goals and the best time in your footballing career and the next year you know unfortunately things may not seem as rosy as it was the previous year so that that's definitely something that uh will play a part i suppose uh unless unless you're one of those consistent people who performs no matter what but uh i think I I wanted to just mention that that form does play a big role and yes certain players will be bummed out if they feel that they were in their prime as we love to call it in football terms right uh I, you guys would know more than me that when you're in your prime you feel like you're on you can you're unbeatable you feel invincible you can take, go the whole how many ever yards and yeah I, I just wanted to probably put that in there uh, but rather one other thing that we also should mention is i suppose given that there are now two more years between now and the next world cup and the afc cup this definitely gives more uh, this would also be an opportunity for those players who we didn't mention will not be eligible for the world cup to mentor those coming through the ranks right and i don't know how uh, how many how many leaders are there in the indian Uh, football team women's football team and you I, i'm going to ask you that so you know do you think that uh that it would you agree with the statement that this time that the two two year period that we do have right now will give will be enough time for people who aren't eligible to kind of mentor those coming up the ranks yeah i mean oh look uh, see the now that it's been cancelled and it's been pushed to two years ahead every other country let's say england spain germany they all have already started mentoring their youth aged groups and planning the the upcoming generation to fill in that under 17 spot and i think it's crucial that iif in india take that up and start now it, it shouldn't be that this is a flat line and then in 2022 we're like oh hello wake up we have a world cup now it should be starting from now that hey you know hard luck we've missed out silver lining for the current squad is they are the core team for under 20 and obviously the AFC championship in 2022 too and it's important that they that fire in their belly and that hunger continues and grows and they kind of push that through to the younger generation to saying hey you know we couldn't do this but you're going to do this and um, really i think it's just crucial that we start now and not before it's too late all right uh, another thing that just popped up in my mind right now is obviously in these two years there'll be two editions of or three years and there'll be two editions or three editions of the IWL how how influential is the IWL in kind of spotlighting talent for the indian national team uh kimberly you can answer that well i think it's very important um i played the first um edition um the pre qualifiers which were in orissa and so i played for bodyline uh, which is a club here in mumbai and we had a girl who was from the northeast i can't remember exactly where she's from um and she played for our team she was a striker 
that's the first tournament like the first big tournament that she played and trust me after that she got drafted into the the first eleven not even the the india camp she she now plays in the first eleven i'm talking about anju tamang if you all know uh, who she is and that's coming straight from the iwl so that's just the purest example i can give you in, in what it what sort of platform it provides to women um and as an inlet into the national team you know so it is so crucial because we don't have too many other tournaments to play um that help you get recognized and provide a pathway to the national team because the only other way then is uh, your national tournaments which come once a year so the iwl now is making it twice a year because now we have two opportunities so it's a great platform um i just think that the investment there again is missing and um as i think rather rightly put it the investment needs to come like it's it's like a everything will develop together you, you can't we can't pay, i mean i don't see it right to pinpoint and say if we have investment we are going to grow the game no you have to have investment but then you also have to make the effort in terms of grassroots development in terms of providing opportunity so it's all like um you know it, it all has to go together just in that form as well yeah it's a cycle it just has to one fuels the other and as as soon as you start investing you start seeing results you start seeing viewership sponsorship everything else and then you'd be like hey i want to invest more in this and that's just how it goes yeah, yeah I, I, i mean I, i think it's also like the ecosystem i mean you need to nurture the entire ecosystem just put it injecting investments i mean yeah it will help but you also need to make sure that the rest of the ecosystem is also developing as a whole um but yeah mithila you wanted to say something on this yeah exactly so i mean like i think uh, the two of them exactly said it the, the i think the perfect word for it is a circle so in every single one of our peer conversations or conversations on instagram or whatever they are if you've noticed most of them are like show me the stats uh, women's football doesn't make enough stats i mean yeah okay you're talking about the surface level problem which is stats but there's a reason to why it may not be able to show you that because there's no investment into it so if you're only cho- choosing to see one part of the circle then obviously it's not going to make enough sense to you so choosing to see the whole picture is is what's going to make you really understand why and how sport and like how sports business works or uh, why things why certain things are good investments and bad investments and like like kimberly said so it's one thing uh, after the other so the same way iwl is a huge platform and i feel like another thing iwl has sort of forced a lot of states to do is have their own state leagues so the like in karnataka we call it the super division uh, and i'm sure maharashtra has one as well uh, like that a lot of states actually so i'm from chennai and we never really we had a chennai league as such but it wasn't really recognized so it was only last year that the tamil nadu league started as a whole so uh, states like that which have had consistent performances in uh, senior nationals but now they're finally investing and actually starting off their state leagues so the player pool is increasing and ultimately at the IWL it's it's growing really well so i mean i think even in our uh, first podcast about the IWL finals i mean you cannot argue that was a quality match like it's up there, it's up there with the ISL the I league anything and and i'm not talking in terms of women's football and men's football i'm talking in terms of quality of the game in itself because 
for a match in the finals to go up to two all and then have a winner uh, that shows very very equal competition and it was so fast paced and i mean commentating for that kind of a game was i think one of the best experiences i've ever had apart from playing so yeah the iwl is a huge platform it just has to be capitalized more and definitely have a longer league i mean 22 days is not a league <laughs> yeah uh, no I, i yeah it's more like a tournament in itself but like a world cup or something like that but yeah i i remember the the final actually yeah. i actually said that it was better than the champions league final and that champions league final we actually yeah, won that. the final so I was like <laughs> okay what am i actually saying uh but rather the other thing is the indian the the national football team would have i mean i think we had this conversation i think nitla i think we had this conversation earlier as well about how frequent the camps are the india camps or not so frequent or the lack of frequency between the indian camps so is this now a priority that they have more of these indian camps so that you know players get more in tune with each other even players coming in the ranks they know what their roles are in the team yeah i think it's crucial you know because these camps are really where the places uh, where the senior members of the team can uh, sort of mentor and cultivate the culture in the team talk to the younger players the young players you know i mean i keep referring to teams abroad but that's really you know they're setting the standard for things and i feel like we should take inspiration and uh, a little bit of learning where we can but in usa they don't really have matches you know and let's say england doesn't have any more matches but they have a camp going on currently they've had a camp last month and this month and that's really where they call up the youth uh, academy players and uh, you know you just see you, you can just make out that that is the reason why they make it to the semi finals of world cups and you know we we got a long way to go we're not, not really close to european countries right now i think it's important to dominate asia first uh, but you you know you're absolutely right that the camps are the way to go i, I believe the indian women have been called into camp i think in this two days it begins and and that's great and it's a great way to end this year and hopefully we see a lot more uh, of them in 2021 yeah i think the less said about england and the world cup the better uh <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, okay, so in in 2022, which comes first, the AFC Cup or the World Cup? I'm I'm not sure when the scheduling are. So the World Cup is in. Um, it's not announced which months they are in, but they're probably going to be in okay. Feb March, like 2021 was, and the AFC is in October November. So the okay, so I was okay. I was thinking whether the AFC Cup kind of is a good. platform to kind of develop or to practice for the world cup but i suppose now the roles are reversed so mm-hmm. which one, where where do you guys think that india would i mean would probably look more at i know both tournaments are key but where would where do you do you think india would prioritize one or the other saying that maybe this one is a little easier to get to um uh, no i don't think i don't think that they should uh, as such prioritize of course both the teams have uh, like a huge impact to play and considering that two women's teams both football teams are playing a tournament is huge in itself um but of course i think that the fifa world cup will be the first step um even though Wait. i mean of course it's under 17 but i yeah, i kind of i kind of realized the afc cup is not under 17 <laughs> yeah yeah the afc <laughs> cup is the senior cup oh yeah so, yes oh. so I, i mean another uh, amazing thing that could come out of this is that Uh, India's gotten through to second round of the AFC qualifiers so far, and this could be a huge way in which they can experience playing against teams like Australia, Japan. I mean, come on, they'll be playing with Samantha Kerr. Oh my God! 
So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's small things like this, but for them to experience platforms like that would be uh, would be in line with the whole idea of women making it to the World Cup before the men, because I totally think that could happen. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just about being in the top five in Asia first. So I, I think that's their goal for now. Awesome. All right. So now I'm going to... Okay, wait. Kimberly, you have something to say on this. Before. I was just going to say, do you guys know that Samantha Kerr has Indian roots? Yeah, oh my I God, yes. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I did it on this. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's so like us. I mean, Kamala Harris first, now so, Samantha Kerr and everyone. Like, yeah, brilliant. Uh, yeah, I'm a... We've probably got roots everywhere, predominantly everywhere. I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but uh, also just to add to what you were saying about the um, under-17 World Cup and the AFC Cup being in 2022, the FIFA World Cup in Qatar is also in 2022. So, really? I mean, oh my God. what about that overshadowing the, I mean, you know, I think that's going to be an interesting Yeah, that I think as well, because it, it's the biggest World Cup. Um, yeah. you know that and the women's World Cup, but then having that at the same time, I mean, did they think about that when they were first joining the World Cup? I don't even know. But I mean, it's it actually I mean, if they do have it, if they have the under seventeen in Feb March, I think that's still some time away from I think because the uh, World Cup is going to be in December, the men's World Cup. So I guess yeah, there is some yeah. sort of gap. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it is tot- uh, in terms of if I see right now, it's like totally overshadowed, but. Uh, but I think there will be some time to kind of look and uh, there'll be some time where the Women's World Cup will have some some sort of attention. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll see how long that lasts. Um, but okay, now final question is, who did, who do you think are the ones to watch out for in terms of players for 2022? Do you have anybody that you're kind of looking or you looked at, at this year and you're still looking at for 2022? Uh, Mithila, you can start off. Um, well, I mean, in terms of uh, individual players for the Under-17 World Cup, I'm really not sure because we're looking at a completely new squad altogether. Uh, but if you're talking about the AFC Cup, then honestly, so since the last year's uh, IWL, I have become a huge fan of Manisha Kalyan. She is so good, especially with that left-footed free kick. I think she is one player to watch out for. She was even given the IWL Emerging Player of the Year award. So, I would definitely look out for her. Uh, but also, I think in terms of the um, Indian women's team itself, uh, the coach, uh, Memo Draki, is bringing in a lot of youngsters into the team. So, with the current under-17 uh, team, which can't be a part of the tournament anymore, I'm very sure she'll be looking to include some of them as well. So, uh, the age age group, which will be taking part in the AFC Cup, I think that would be really exciting to watch out for because... I think they are trying to lower the age group so that younger players can play together for much longer. Uh, I think those main seniors on the team right now are the goalkeeper, Aditi Chauhan, and the captain, Ashalata Devi. But apart from that, I think a lot of youngsters are coming in. So that would be awesome to watch out for. Uh, so in a way, the World Cup, the Under-17 World Cup will be a sort of platform for the AFC, for certain players, because if they shine there, then obviously they get the coach's notice too. Then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, all right. Uh, Kimberly, your players to watch out for, whether it be AFC Cup or if you do have anyone you were looking out for in the Under-17 World Cup. Um, I was honestly very excited about Sai Sanke in the Under-17 World Cup because obviously she's played, I mean, she's a junior to me. 
I played with her and just to see Maharashtra being represented was really exciting for me personally. Um, but also, yeah, just about Manisha, I played against her the qualifiers last year and she is, I mean, she's something else. Like for how yeah. young she is, she is brilliant. Um, and yeah, this, just the senior women's team and just seeing new faces finally in the senior women's team also is really refreshing because Honestly, nothing against anyone, but we were kind of seeing the same faces, and I feel like not too much opportunity was given um, in the past years to just, you know, to develop and to have a bigger pool of players. But it's fine. It's nice to finally see new players coming into camps, and it would be nice to hopefully see the player pool widening and more. Because once you get into an India camp, you're only going to get better. So the more people who have that opportunity, the better for them. And with like the under 17s and under 20s, you're going to see more girls going into those camps, being trained at such high levels, um, which is only going to do great things for football in India. Awesome. And rather your your players to watch out for. Yeah, so I mean, in the senior team, it's hard to go past Aditi Chahan and uh, the players that Mithila has already mentioned. I actually wanted to bring up a little anecdote here. Um, Avika Singh is a player of the current under 17 squad and um, in school I think about four years ago I, my school played her school and I didn't know who she was at that time and we were winning 2-0 and it was like a really big deal we were really excited but then this this one girl came up and she scored three goals from outside the box and we just went home really sad and it, it was her and I remembered her face and then a year ago uh, our college teams played each other I mean my college team played her club team and uh, we were leading 2-0 and then uh, a familiar face came on and uh, we lost 3-2. Both games were obviously like uh, a bit disappointing for us but they were really, really exciting, very enthralling games and um, I think uh, I spoke to Avika after the game also. I, I was say, I again told her that I'm looking forward to watching you in the World Cup and she's like, yeah, hopefully I'll make it and things like that. But uh, I think she's like, honestly, from just playing against her, it, it's been amazing to watch her. I'm looking forward to seeing her in the senior team very soon. And yeah, it's going to be exciting. I think the silver lining for the current under 17 squad is just that, you know, you've got a long way to go. You haven't peaked at 16 or 17. You've got 10 years ahead of you, if not more. So they're going to make the most of it. And yeah, I think she'd be my player to watch out for. Yeah. I mean, you do know what you need to do. Just don't score two goals and lead. At least just score one more. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I personally face that sort of an issue where, you know, players have come in when we were in leading positions and uh, kind of Take, taken the match away with us. Different sport, but yeah, I've been there. So I, I do feel the pain that your player, your team's uh, players would have felt. So, uh, all right. So I think that's all the time we have for talking the Under-17 Women's World Cup and the AFC Cup, whatever little we spoke about that. Uh, thanks, Kimberly, Mithila, Radha, for being a part of this podcast. It was a pleasure having you on here and giving your thoughts on the save. Uh, I mean, if it was the original day or if it was the postponed date we would have been talking about you know the teams that we would be seeing in the next month or two but unfortunately we'd have to wait a couple of years more before we can actually talk you know a little more in detail at least in terms of the tactics and players and all of that uh, because things will I'm definitely, definitely holding you to this Pradim. I'm definitely holding you to this <laughs> if the happens we are having this conversation with complete analysis of the team as long as the Premier League doesn't have anything controversial, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I definitely, definitely, as long as uh, this podcast is running, yeah, I definitely have, we'll have time for all of that. 
so yeah, thanks and uh, can't wait to host you all in the near future, whether it be for anything to do with the World Cup, International World Cup. I know Mithla and Radha, we're going to be doing a post-match review for the Netherlands-USA match on, I think, Monday, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. can't wait for that. But yeah, Kimberly, can't wait to have host you as well in the near future about anything related to women's sports or even anything in general uh, related to football. So, yeah. Thank you awesome. so much. Awesome. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. All right. So thank you all for tuning in to the podcast. If you've listened all the way from episode number one, or if you've been listening to our other sister series, I didn't, I know I didn't mention that earlier, but uh, the midweek fixture, which is the one that I was talking to you about now, uh, which which we'll be hosting Mithila and Prada on. So that happens every Wednesday. So if you join, if you've been listening to that and you've kind of, found this topic interesting and popped over to the FFS podcast, then thank you for being with us. And if we, if you do like the football content that we are putting out there, then please do rate us. You can follow us on seven different podcast platforms like Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, I think Pandora as well. I'm not really too sure on that. But yeah, otherwise, there are options aplenty. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to... Oh, yeah. Also, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, where I try to keep as active as possible. So you can follow us there. And yeah, if you think that what I'm tweeting out uh, there is interesting, then yeah, sure. We'd love to host you as well. Um, And do let us know if you you or anyone else that you know would be interested in uh, being a part of this podcast. We'd love to host as many as possible. So I guess until next Sunday. Uh, I'm your host, Praddy, once again. This is episode number nine of the podcast. Uh, Yeah, you guys stay safe and see you.